0: This is Making Babies, a podcast all about pregnancy. Pregnancy can be such a confusing and anxious time when parents are completely focused on the health of the mother and baby. There are so many questions and so much to learn about all the recommendations and current trends in pregnancy and childbirth. We hope this podcast can offer some answers in a scientific and medically accurate way and along the way provide some really interesting conversations. I'm Blythe Bernhard, medical reporter at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, and I'm in my second pregnancy, so I share your curiosity and excitement about this incredible journey that is making babies. Joining us on the phone is Dr. Patricia Bolster, an anesthesiologist at Mercy Hospital, St. Louis. Today we are talking about the use of nitrous oxide, better known as laughing gas, during labor. Hello, Dr. Bolster. Thanks for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. Uh, first, can you explain what is nitrous oxide? Um, is that the same thing that we,
1: we've we used in the dentist office? Well, um, nitrous oxide is a gas. It's commonly used in the operating room for anesthesia and sedation. Um, to get its effects, you inhale it. And it actually is the laughing gas that's used in the dentist's office.
0: All right. Uh, well, can you give us a little bit of the history of its use during, during childbirth? It's not... Um, something a lot of Americans,
1: I think, are familiar with. Well, it does seem like it's new. Uh, it's new, certainly new to this area and new to labor um, in the United States. But actually, uh, nitrous oxide is a really old anesthetic, and its first um, was used for labor in the late 1800s, um, so a long time ago. Um, it became very popular in Europe in the 1930s and 40s, where most of the births were um, attended by midwives. So it's actually been around forever, and there are, are some pockets in the United States where it's been used for a long time um, as well, but um, not anywhere around this area. So
0: why do you think it hasn't really caught on? Um, well,
1: um, it still is the, the most frequently used technique for um, labor pain in places like UK and Canada and Australia. In the United States, um, the te- techniques became more popular, which basically had more profound effects, like twilight sleep that, we, that was used in the mid-1900s, and then saddle blocks, and then um, epidural analgesia, which became popular in the 1970s and remains the gold standard for pain relief in labor. There have always been women who had a desire to have more natural childbirth, and I think that that trend is, uh, is growing. And so people are... Just starting to look for um, less invasive ways of managing their labor pain, and nitrous oxide uh, is being pulled back off the shelf.
0: Well, to that end, can you kind of explain the difference between um, the more powerful pain relievers, uh, such as an epidural, and, and nitrous oxide? What does the nitrous oxide do in terms
1: of pain relief? Okay, so when nitrous oxide is inhaled, it gives mom a feeling of mild sedation. She feels like lightly buzzed. She still feels the pain of contraction, but she's better um, able to cope with it. It's better than a traditional narcotic painkiller like um, Nubain or Stadol. They don't work very well in labor. There are some other narcotics uh, like Sentinel or Demerol that can be used in labor, um, and have been used in labor, but they don't work unless they're used in really high doses and they cause too much sedation in moms and babies. Um, and epidural, um, uh, which is very different um, from either a painkiller or nitrous oxide, actually takes away the pain completely. So the goal of a pain reliever is to actually take away pain. For example, we rate pain on a scale of one to 10, with 10 being the worst pain you can possibly imagine. And, and one being minimal pain. If a mom describes pain of 8, um, a pain reliever will reduce that pain score. A sedative, like nitrous oxide, may not really reduce that pain score at all, but makes the mom better able to tolerate the pain. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, so you still feel the pain, but you're not as
1: bothered by it? That's exactly right. So after an epidural, a mom may say her pain goes from an 8 to a 0, With nitrous oxide, the mom may still say her pain is eight, maybe a seven, but she's still satisfied with the nitrous oxide because she can handle the pain better.
0: Okay. Does it make you feel sleepy or goofy, silly? How does it, how do the moms say it makes them feel?
1: It really doesn't um, make you feel um, sleepy or goofy. Like the moms will feel mildly sedated. I call it like a light buzz that they'll feel. They don't really get sleepy because they're still in labor, and the contractions keep them stimulated. You know, they're still very engaged um, in what they're in what they're experiencing and what they're going through. They can get a little bit sleepy, maybe in between contractions, but that is not even necessarily due to the nitrous oxide. Like that's just the the work of labor. You know, is making um, people feel a little bit sleepy, but they really don't get goofy or or act crazy. It's certainly not anything like. Um, using it when you are not having any sedation at all does that can you understand that like if you if you get nitrous oxide and you're and you're not having this really painful experience then you would feel goofy you know then you then you might act a little bit crazy but when you're really engaged in this intense situation of labor it doesn't it doesn't you don't get that way at all
0: okay because i I think that is a concern of moms who want natural childbirth they really want to be present and be in the moment, and have this experience that they remember. And so, is, does nitrous oxide help with with
1: people who want that sort of experience that is memorable? It it certainly it certainly does. It's not so sedating that moms um, lose memory. Um, it doesn't make you forget at all. Um, the The uh, dose that we use um, is is n- not the highest dose of nitrous oxide you can get. You actually get a higher dose when you're um, in a dentist's office. It just, um, it's just a very uh, mild sedative. And the good thing about it is that when you stop breathing it, it goes away in minutes. So at any time, the mom can set it to the side and not use it and have absolutely no effects of it remaining. So mom controls the dosage. Um, There is there's so there's one dose with the machine that we use for labor, and that is 50 percent nitrous oxide and 50 percent oxygen. But the mom holds the mask herself. So she has complete control over how much um, of the of the gas she gets. So she can choose to use it for a couple contractions and then set it aside and not use it for as long as she wants. It is it is completely in her control to to use.
0: And then do you, as the anesthesiologist, do you have to be there on standby the whole time?
1: Um, we actually do not. Um, with our moms in the birthing center, um, we see those patients ahead of time just to make sure that they are candidates and to answer any questions that they may have. And the same is true on labor um, Uh, and delivery at Mercy. We'll go and meet the patient, someone from the anesthesia department, and we'll um, set it up. But once it's in action, um, the anesthesiologist does not need to be there.
0: So is this something that doctors are talking to their pregnant moms about before they go into labor? Or is it presented to them when they get there? How does
1: the process work? At this point, it's a combination. the new moms are being given information on nitrous oxide in, the, um, in Mercy childbirth classes and in the birthing center. Some of the patients learn about it from um, our labor nurses. Frequently a patient who, who knows that they don't want an epidural will offer that option um, you know, early in their labor just to let them know that that's available. Um, the, there are not a whole lot of obstetricians in our area that know very much about it. But when an obstetrician sees it work, um, they become a champion, and we certainly do have a few um, champions in, um, uh, on our staff.
0: So how long has nitrous oxide been offered at Mercy, and how many women so far have, have
1: used it? Um, Mercy has been offering nitrous oxide for a little over a year, and I don't have exact numbers of how many people are taking advantage, but... Um, Uh, we are getting more and more, and it's usually several um, each week. So when you're first talking to
0: moms about this option, what's their reaction? And uh, we're also curious about the reaction of their birthing partners, or any of them saying, hey, uh, I'd like a hit of that.
1: Um, I think that we uh, do hear a lot of jokes about that, and um, we make them ourselves too. So. (laughs) Um, but, um, we, we actually do take it really seriously. Um, and we specifically ask that the mask not be shared with family or friends. And, um, and when somebody's using nitrous oxide and there is not, um, somebody from the hospital in the room with them, like if the nurse isn't with them or if the midwife is not with them, we only allow one, um, other family or support person in with them just because, you know, we, we want to discourage that type of, um, that type of use. I mean that would be really disappointing if something like that happened.
0: Right. So are there side effects or any risks for the mother and also for the baby?
1: So some patients can um, experience dizziness and nausea with nitrous oxide, but the doses that we use is is pretty low and so it doesn't usually occur. That's not usually a complaint that we see. the, uh, there are really no risks to the baby at all. And um, some people are concerned. You might hear of people who, um, who have, you know, in lay media, you might hear of people who've died from nitrous oxide or, you know, the recreational use of nitrous oxide. And, and that is when they breathe in just nitrous oxide and no oxygen. So that kind of low um, oxygen level, um, we don't even worry about at this dose. It's just the dose that we use is, is low and safe.
0: Is, does it make baby groggy at all, or have any effects on on breastfeeding after baby's born? There,
1: there have been no effects that we've seen on on babies or on on breastfeeding.
0: So, is there anyone who should avoid it? Are there are there any contraindications for using nitrous oxide?
1: Um, almost anyone can get nitrous oxide. Uh, there are very few rare medical conditions. Um, and there are some recent surgeries. Those are really the only contraindications. Of a, a pregnant person would, it would be very unusual for a pregnant person to not be able to get nitrous oxide.
0: So who's your ideal candidate? Who's someone that you think this would be a perfect option for?
1: The ideal candidate is someone who who has, um, who Highly desires having a more natural childbirth. Who does not want a labor epidural? Um, who gets to be about eight centimeters? You know, very very active in labor. Who is going to deliver within an hour or two? Um, the, the patients who are highly motivated, um, they they do the best. It's it's just that little extra where they get to a, they get to a point where um, in their labor where they're like, oh my gosh, I don't think I can do it. But they're almost there and then you give them the nitrous oxide and they are just able to get over that last hump. Those are the patients that it seems to work best in.
0: So it's not something you're using
1: for 20 hours during labor? No, we actually have a um, four-hour time restriction on it now. That four hours doesn't have to be continuous but um, we just don't have enough experience in our environment um, to be using it uh, longer term than that, we we see it as a as um, as a short term um, uh, use.
0: Do you think this is going to catch on um, around town at other hospitals? or moms talking to their friends? And
1: I do. I think that it is something that if you do, um, you know, labor and delivery. I think it is going to be something that um, that eventually hospitals are go- going to. Um, are going to have to offer because people are talking about it and um, and for, for some patients it, it works great and um, so I, I do, I do think it's going to gain in popularity. I don't think that it's going to replace a labor epidural because it's just not the same, um, it's not the same thing. You know, it's not, it's not comparing apples and apples, it's, you know, two different ways of, of approaching the situation for two very different patients.
0: Well, thank you so much. It's been a very interesting conversation, and we really appreciate you joining us. Well,
1: again, thanks for having me.
0: And you can find other episodes of Making Babies and other podcasts from Inside the Post-Dispatch in your favorite podcast app or your favorite app store by searching Post-Dispatch, or you can go to stltoday.com slash